Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out from the beautiful studios of Relate 365 in White Lake, Wisconsin here at Silver Ranch, which uh, it's been an interesting time of uh, year, I suppose. Usually summer is great. Well, it was great. It I will say that. Summer. We just had some exciting events, and I could say exciting because nothing serious, I would say, happened, no, it, yeah, depending on how you define serious. I mean, there was stuff that happened, but nothing that was life-taking, which is the, the key point. Yeah, for those who listen to Younger Older, uh, Jason has been absent. Yes, but summer. Summer, I disappear. Yeah, he's been here working. What do you do during the summer? Uh, well, that's up for debate. You know, we, with Silver Tranch, we do this silly thing called SBR Insider, and uh, we're actually getting ready to release a behind the scenes of what I actually do. That actually you filmed. Oh, I did it. That's right. That's right. Cause you because you were absent. That, that so. was the, that was the big question: is what does Jason do, and does he even exist during the summertime? Yes, I had I had a few moments of fun trying to find you. Yes. Yes, and I couldn't for a while. But then when we did, we straightened everything out. That's right, because during the summer, usually we have about uh, over 2,500 students come through our doors. Uh, and we were on pace to do that again this summer um, until we had the derecho. Derecho. Of 2019. A derecho. A derecho. Yeah. Now, what, what is a derecho for those that are listening that are not bilingual in weather? Um, it's a storm with straight line winds. Of a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. So, that was a devastating storm that went through. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. To, to give our listeners perspective. Yes. Now, I have a driveway that is kind of a circular driveway. So you go in by the house and you come out. You know, and I have a wood pile because I've heated my house with wood for years. And uh, my insurance company, after the storm, wanted us to track the hours that it took to clean that. And just our driveway, just that, and just the front yard a little bit there. 100 hours to clean that up really 100 man hours no wow. so it's not 100 hours with a crew but 100 man hours that's the devastation of the trees that went down yeah you know now my house needs a whole new roof and the garage i mean it's just it, the devastation was amazing right and even even here at silver ranch you know i it's you can't even count thousands i would say trees that we right. had to take out you know especially as 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 we saw the stacks come and go as, as the as the loggers came in and helped us remove a lot of the, the broken bent yep. broken off all that sort of trees it's it, you know at the start it's like wow this pile is huge but that was like a month ago and the pile still you know huge. has gone and is, is it's it's just keeps coming it's like you yeah. know it refills itself well i it's went crazy. away for a week i came back and i thought wait a minute that pile is still the same size <laughs> that's right and <laughs> i know they've been trucking it out of here yep that's been amazing yeah now, th what we actually had to close our doors for the first time in the summer yeah. in 52 years. First time. For two sessions we lost in that sense. And it wasn't because we wanted to. We just couldn't operate. There, right. There's no possible way. To this day, we're still working on getting a new zip line and, and some other areas that we're still trying to open. And I was just talking at breakfast this morning, and talking about going out and, and re-clearing a trail we use for hay rides even to try and get people around. So th yeah. this is an ongoing process that will go on, I think, for years as right. far as the cleanup goes. And I, and I agree, Dave. I mean, you look around and, and you look at the places that haven't been touched. I mean, we're right on the edge of the Nicolay National Forest, and, and it'll, be, it'll be a while before they touch that. And so right. you go not even a quarter mile down the road and you see the devastation still. Um, I mean, we're like, like you said, we were thankful enough to get to the point of reopening. And that is only because of the, the mass amount of people that volunteered and helped out, That's right. including our summer staff and volunteers that really dug deep and, and really helped out. 
I was uh, I was looking at the the numbers of people, and we had over 275 people that have volunteered physically. Um, wow! Since the storm. Wow. Which is amazing, and it that's really you know between that and and being able to get a logger in right away, that's how we were able to open in nine days. I mean, we were only closed nine days. Yeah. You which, know, let's talk about miracles. Let's, yeah. let's do that now. First of all, let me ask you this: as a young guy, um, you haven't lived through a lot of these uh, devastating moments. No, this is my first derecho. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I've ever lived through a derecho <laughs> myself. So may you never see a derecho again. I mean, that, that is my blessing upon you. Uh, <laughs> um, but this is uh, the third tornado kind of storm that's hit this place. Only yeah. this time, we have about 60 buildings, and, and 36 of them, uh, as far as I understand, took some, some damage, plus several of our staff homes took some damage. And uh, vehicles, how many vehicles were lost that were oh, on the property? Do you remember? I, I think it was 20. It was something like that. It was quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, they were just flattened by these big oak trees that came yeah. down. And it was a very interesting moment. While all of that was going on, Yeah. take us through it. The, the, the night the storm hit, we what happened? Who was here? When did they get here? Take us through what happened. Because I want to focus a little bit on the miracles that took place in light of the idea that God controls the winds and he knows how to control the winds and he let the winds hit this place. Yeah. And he still loves us and has a plan and, and nothing really has changed from that. Right. But what happened that night? And let's talk about the miracles since. Yeah, totally. So we had a group of middle school students that had actually just arrived. It was a Friday. So it was a turnover day for us, which in the morning a group left and, and in the afternoon a, a new group came. And so this new group came up from Chicago. They got here like they typically do in the afternoon, about 3, 3.30. And we were getting them settled in. And at that point, local news weather station said that, you know, there was strong winds, you know, potential of them coming our way in the evening time with chance of 75-mile-an-hour winds. And so it wasn't like it wasn't on the radar. Like we knew there was a storm coming, and so we, we did what we needed to do to prep leaders and cabins and that sort of thing. Um, and so it came to the point where, uh, the first night, you know, we do dinner and then we do swim test cause it's the first day. And so they're in their first chapel session, like literally had just started and I was watching the radar and it was coming closer and closer. And initially it didn't look like it was going to hit until later in the evening, about 10 o'clock. But as I kept checking it, it looked like it was coming quicker than even the radar could keep up with. And the power went out a little after eight o'clock. And I knew then I'm like, okay, cause we're the end of the line here, Dave, right. you know, on our, yeah. on our power grid. And so if it, it goes out, you know, and it, 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 like flickered once and it was just strong out so you knew there was there was something significant happening somewhere up the line yep you know which is within 40 miles right. essentially and uh so then it's like all right so i was talking with the leadership of the group that was here with the middle school students standing outside of our chapel and uh it got to the point where it's like you know what, we need to pull them and and what that means is we wanted to send them to a safer location and there's some buildings on camp that have basements, right? you know, and so we want to make sure that we got them in, in that sort of a building just in case. Um, and as soon as I, I told them, like, all right, we got to go. They're like, <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was kind of a process. They're like, well, can we finish the song? I'm like, no, no, we're not going to finish the song, you know, because they were, you know, singing, right. singing songs and stuff. And so by the time, and this is how quickly it escalated. So it wasn't windy by the time I made that call. By the time it took that person to walk up to the front of the stage, you know, and it's not like he dilly dallied, like he just went up to grab the microphone to, to communicate that the wind picked up in a significant fashion to the point where I walked in the back of the chapel and I just started yelling at people saying, let's go, let's get to your shelters, that sort of thing. And I think that's when the brevity of the situation started to land on a lot of people. Right. Um, and I don't think they necessarily knew to the extent of 
of you know because we've done this before for different you know thunderstorms and all that sort of thing but i just remember ushering people out of the back of the chapel to their different locations and looking up at the sky and and just thinking all right god please don't let trees start to fall because in that in that probably minute and a half you know 90 seconds you know how quickly it started to escalate and come i knew it was coming fast yeah um and being in the middle of the north woods you know it's it's the trees you're worried about right um and so thankfully we were able to get everybody safely and and just to give you perspective on camp that week we had a little over 400 people um and so we were able to safely get them all to their shelters because the way it worked is it it got windy um and then it was almost like a second burst which is probably what a derecho is there were two of them there were two derechos that actually hit yeah. So the first one loosened everything. The second one started flying. Yes. Yes. And so that's what. So we were able to safely get everybody there, and then, like you said, there was like that couple waves, and and it was the second wave that everything just started coming down. Like I, I remember looking there, and it looked like what you see on TV when you see like a hurricane. Right. Except it wasn't palm trees. It was huge oaks and maples that were just leaning right. and falling over. Right. It was amazing. Um. And so that's that's and, and like I said, thankfully, in all of that, everybody was safe. Right. And so then after it died down, the, the sunset peaked through the, the it looked weird because it, it was so dark. That it was, was, it the, was, weirdest it was the weirdest sunset. Cause yeah. The sky was like red and you didn't know, like, is that a fire or is that the sunset? Right. Um, and so once we were able to knew that the storm was past us. Then we, you know, the leadership, we started coming out and realizing the situation and seeing that just the devastation that it left. And so then it switched into, all right, how do we keep everybody safe and fi- and assess the situation? Right. And so right away there was a miracle because nobody got hurt. That night it was a miracle because we were able to get all the campers for the most part back to their cabins. We had to switch to the cabins um, because they right. couldn't get yeah. to their cabin and they slept safely. In the morning, we knew we had to send them home, so we ordered buses, and they weren't able to come till dinner time because they came from Chicago, and so we were able to keep them safe during the day because, I mean, we're talking hundreds of trees just leaning, and we didn't know if they were going to come down still. And and then there was a thunderstorm that came through that afternoon. Yes, there was. And so we pulled them in again as a safety precaution because with thunderstorms, you don't know how windy it gets. And everything was just hanging in the balance, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, Trees are still just falling. We're right. a month later, and all of a sudden you hear this boom. Yeah, you, I mean, you mentioned falling. you mentioned our hay rate. You know, yeah. we, we cleared that, and now we got to go clear it again. Yeah. And that's just going to be the process, especially as we you know get more snow and all that as, as we work on it. But uh but we were able to get the, all the students safely away, and then it turned into, all right, let's let's assess this and clean up, and uh, and that was the cool part. Uh, I mean, each step of the way had different, you know, miracles, God moments, um, because even to this day, you know, a little over a month later, and we talked about two hundred and seventy some people volunteering throughout yep. that, no significant injuries at all. No, at, at, you know, and so that that is a miracle. It is. Um, and then just the, the process of being able to clean up and get to the point of reopening. I mean, the logger came in and when he saw it, he's like, man, if you didn't get a logger in here, it would have taken you at least nine months to clear this to a point where you can open. Yep. And we did nine days. Yep. It was absolutely incredible. Now you're, again, I've said, this is something that, um, I've walked through before to a certain degree, not to this degree by any stretch of the imagination. But I almost felt as if God had prepared me in life uh, to go through that. Yeah. Because of the fact that there have been so many other times where, uh, you know what you got to do during this time period? When when you have a time period where things are out of control, you're not sure what's going on, 
you even ask the question maybe, is God, why doesn't God stop this wind? Right. What you have to do is start telling, reminding yourself of what you know rather than what you feel. Yeah. Because when you're feeling lousy at the moment. Right. Because you're thinking, we have all these kids here. We want them to come to Christ. We want them to have a safe experience. We want them to love God, love the... That's why we're here. Yeah. And we're running for our lives trying to hide in basements. Right. And you and you even felt that a lot. Oh, yeah. Because you were at your house when it came. Yeah. And, and you wanted to come over to camp to make sure everybody was safe. Couldn't. You know, and as soon as you walked out the door, I remember you telling me, like, trees were just... You had they to turn around. They were flying by. You had to turn around. I did. I My wife and I, I just got home. I was working with a fishing group of men that we were doing up at our refuge property and i just got home and the power was out but no winds yet and i walked in the door and i said well how long's the power been out i remember looking at my wife and asking her how long's it been out yeah and she told me and i said well i better get over and check with jason right. on, on what's going on at camp because it looks like something's coming yep i turned and the trees were flying that's how quick I, it came and yep. i thought i can't get out yeah i told my wife go in the basement and all of a sudden, man, our house got plummeted. Yeah. I mean, the whole house shook. A big crack went through the living room ceiling. I mean, I, and, and my wife thought, man, that's going through the house. Yeah. And it didn't. Um, it did. It was quite adventurous for a moment. <laughs> and, and we went downstairs. Which is saying something for a Swede. No, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I even went, whoa. <laughs> but it happened to hit in a really great spot where we have a, we, we don't have a supporting wall, but we have a wall that. Uh, is supporting but it's not necessary to support but it's there to go downstairs so well it now really, it's now it's supporting. it is yeah. <laughs> until you get and, fixed. and so we were in the basement and then i came up three times i tried to get over and i and uh, two of those times uh, were the derecho times yeah and i was watching at a moment watching these huge oak trees just bend just like they're twigs yeah and they start i mean flying and bending and falling and unbelievable so I couldn't even get over there. So I'm just praying, saying, God, you know, I don't know if Jason got everybody in. You were the leader. That's why I'm using your name. It, yeah. It's a host of people right. that were working on it. But I'm thinking, boy, I hope he had them in in time. Right. Because this could be, I could come over to camp. I'm a third of a mile away. And I could come over there and find bodies strewn all over the place. Right. I mean, I had no idea what to expect. Because when I finally was able to go, I could not get to camp even walking. Right. I had to find paths through the woods under and over trees and watch for things flying still. Yep. It was amazing when I got there and, and to hear that everything, everybody was safe was absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, I, this, is, this is just a lesson for all of us. First of all, immediately, as I said, I had to remind myself, what do you know? What do you know about God? Yeah. I know that he's faithful. I know that this is his place. I know that he cares for his children. I know that all things work together for those who love him. So I started to repeat to myself the things that I knew. Yeah. And you know what happens then? The things that you feel start to follow. Mm -hmm. What you know should drive what you feel. Yeah. What you feel should not drive what you know. Yeah. And I felt lousy. And I still do, by the way, when I look out the window. Mm -hmm. This is supposed to be the North Woods. Right. <laughs> there's still trees out there there, there are some it's, it's definitely a different landscape for sure and if you've ever been to silver Birch ranch you know and you come back and visit you'll know what we're talking about there's definitely there's that there's parts of camp that weren't even touched but no. then uh as you get out towards 
you know, our archer range or tube hills and even up by our climbing wall, you know, like you said, our, our zip line got annihilated. Yeah. We're still working on our paintball course and it's just, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. And like I said, at the top of the show, Dave, I'm thankful that all we have to talk about is trees and building. Yep. And, and that's a miracle. I want to encourage you as a young man, I take some time at some point to journal um, the thoughts that have gone through your head, the journey that you go through, because as a young guy, you'll go through this again. Yeah. You may not go through it with a storm here in a physical way, but there will always be moments in your life. Yeah. Um, and, and I've gone through my dad having a heart attack and dying very suddenly. I've gone through watching my mom die slowly. I've gone through now watching uh, my wife's mom die suddenly. Yeah. And my wife's dad, who's about 90 years old, uh, dying slowly. So I'm, I'm watching all these things take place. Right. Um, each one of those things God prepares you for mm-hmm. in life. And each one also prepares you for the next thing coming. And those uh, it, that love the Lord need to be the most stable people in the world. Yeah. Uh, because of the stability that comes from enjoying who God is. Through all of this, you know, God's name is, is going to be recognized. Nothing changes in our life. Nothing right now changes. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the storm in the trees or whether it be everything going smoothly in the summer, we show the world who God is. Yeah. So really, that didn't change. Right. Uh, I know you were pressing and we were all pressing to try and get camp open again. Yeah. It just seemed really odd uh, that everybody was working 10-hour days just clearing wood. Yeah. Uh, and not working with uh, ski boats and zip lines and other things that we normally do with kids. Yeah. Why was it so important to get open? We have insurance. I mean, why... why were we so in- insistent on trying to get open? You know, it's, it, it goes back to the bigger picture because we knew, I mean, it was very real. We had to cancel camp. So that means the kids, the young people that were planning on coming to camp, that was their one week and they missed it. Right. And so I think for, for many of us, it was, it was wanting to minimize that impact. Right. You know, because that, I mean, not only that, but because it's their week at camp, it's a week that God has an opportunity to show them Jesus. And yep. that's why we're here. You know, we're here to know Christ and to make him known. And that was the cool thing is I think that our summer staff and our volunteers that were here embraced that. And that's why they wanted to get back open is because they wanted to create the space. You know, and it was fun just to see them take ownership of that. They wanted to get back open so young people can come and hear about yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it wasn't really. It's interesting how God works in each of our lives to reaffirm the fact that it's really not about us. Right. And to work 10 straight days or however many days it was and just clearing out lumber, clearing out trees when you actually came up here to be a lifeguard. Right. Is a little more difficult. Right. Um, but yet you can do that. You can, there's so many times where life takes a left when you think it should go right. Oh, absolutely. And you need to continue to live the way that you're supposed to. You know, and even, even when we got to the point of reopening, it was amazing to see even the miracles that happened in those weeks too. Right. You know, I think of the first week that we had back was a was another middle school camp, and uh, and there was over twenty young people that got baptized. Yep, in the lake. In the lake, just took a beating. Yep, and then the following week, you know, you spoke, Dave. Oh yeah, and I think it was over a hundred young people. Absolutely, yeah, you who know, responded to the gospel in one way or another. Yeah, you know? and you know, I think Satan knew that there were good things about to happen, and he was trying to destroy us. Right. And destroy us or even distract us. Yeah, we don't even know. That's the fun part. And through the years, what what it, what amazes me is that I I know so little. It's like the the tip of the iceberg. I see. Yeah. So sometimes I'm looking and saying, God, I wonder what you're doing, 
And God says, well, I'll just show you enough, but I'm not going to show you the whole thing. Yeah. Just kind of like doing these podcasts that we're doing. Who knows who listens to it and where it goes and, and what it does? Yeah. That, that's up to God. But during the week, I think God knew we needed a, a encouragement. There was a, a young lady here, young lady. She was probably 35, 36 years old. And and to me, that's still young. Well, thank you. Yeah. But she um, she came to me, and she was up here volunteering. She was working with our horses, and she had been here. She came here, I believe, as a 10-year-old camper, been coming ever since. And now she sends her daughter, uh, her children here. And so she was talking to me. She said, you know, I got to tell you something. She said, I, when I... When I came here at 10 years old and heard about Jesus, I placed my trust in Jesus, and I thought, this is the craziest thing. This is so good. She said she remembers a guy doing music, and he had a mullet, you know, <laughs> back then. At least she thought he had Didn't a mullet. did you used to have a mullet? No, I never had a mullet. <laughs> but, she, but he had a mullet and, and sang, and she thought, wow, he's singing really good songs about good things. They're Christian songs. And she became a believer that year, and now she's in her you know, late thirties or whatever now. And now she telling me about 10 years old yeah. in our, in our old chapel. And so that was exciting to hear about, but she said, Dave, you know, what's really interesting is that I went home singing those songs. I went home singing them. And when I sang them, my, my dad started to listen to what I was singing and question me the words. Yeah. And eventually he became a believer. My mom became a believer. And it was all because a 10 year old girl came here, listened to a guy with a mullet, sing songs and went home and started singing. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, God, you, you transformed the whole family. Yeah. And I didn't even know that story till she was in her 30s. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is her dad was up here with her, and he was helping us clean, clean the, the clean wood the off storm. the property yeah. uh, during that week. So then at the end of the week, another girl comes up to me, and she's 11 years old. Yeah. And, uh, again, a, about 100-plus kids came to Christ during that week, which alone was uh, – Incredible. A miracle, yeah, yeah, totally. And then she comes up to me and she says, "Dave, I got to tell you something." I said, "All right." And she said, "You know, last year I I came here to camp and I became a believer." And, yeah. And she's so she was ten years old as well, and she was in uh, my wife and I have we have we do one of those smaller Bible studies in the morning with the kids, and I usually speak at night to the whole group, and so she was in that group, and we always encourage them take your book home. Yeah. That that we have you know these little books that we give them with the stories and the and some questions and and go through it again and open your bible and reread it and you know read it to your parents and so she did that with her mom yeah and uh her mom had a lot of questions so she called her uncle who was a christian over and her mom became a believer wow and eventually her dad became a believer and her brother became a believer and last year before camp even started the whole family was baptized wow now this happened from last year yeah. with a 10 year old yeah I, so in two days, I got two stories, one who is in her mid-30s and one who is now 11. Yep. Same story. I went home with what I was given. I'm not even a theologian. I don't even know anything about anything. Yeah. I went home with what I was given, and I used what I was given, and my family's different because of that. That's awesome. That's why we need to open. Right. Absolutely. That has nothing to do with money or resources. It had, hey, I know we have to pay bills and that kind of thing, but, but that's why we need to be here for people that God chooses his timing when he's going to reach out right. to them. And absolutely. camps are still important. Right, absolutely. And it's not like we were able to get everything done in those nine days. I mean, we're, like you said earlier, we're still cleaning up, you know, and there's still so much to do. I mean, right now winter is on our doorstep. Even though it's August, it feels like 
fall already. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so what does that mean? You know, we have ski trails, we have, you know, a zip line. There's all stuff that still needs to be done. And I look out the window behind you and I see a stack of brush yes. <laughs> yep. that needs to be cleaned up still. But it is what it is. We, Like you said, we did enough to make it safe and, and open up so that people can come in and get away from the busyness of life and experience God. Um, so that they can go back and, and the impact of camp, like you said, sometimes we don't even see it. Sometimes we just see the tip of the iceberg right? and the impact of camp. And that was also a, a fun thing to see is that so many of you guys, whether it's uh, past campers or people that have sent, you know, children or even just heard about us, you reached out in so many different ways and supported us, prayed for us, encouraged us, gave to us. And that was part of it as well. You know, as we, as we me- meander through the maze of what it looks like, um, and how to pay for things with the insurance and all that sort of stuff. You guys came through, and, and, and that's part of it, too. That's the miracle as well. It is. Now, we, we've had reports that we've done on YouTube, so if you haven't seen those, where, where do people find that? I mean, how do you find what we're, the, the updates that we did on YouTube? And yeah, so if you, the easiest way to find them, uh, two options, you can go to our YouTube channel, so type in Silver Tranch on YouTube, and it'll bring, us, bring you to the channel, and you'll see all of our videos. We tried to label them in order. Um, otherwise, if you like our page on Facebook, they're also hosted there as well. So either either of the platforms you'll be able to find them on. Uh, maybe a little bit quicker on, on, on YouTube just because they're right there. You might have to sift through some posts on Facebook and all that. But yeah, uh, you can go through and check them out. Uh, and I encourage you, go, go through and check out everything on the silverbirchranch.org site, uh, which talks about uh, camping and, and year-round uh, retreat possibilities and the various things we do there. Uh, we have the ministry Wolf River Refuge and it's really quite amazing. You know, the other day, we're so back to normal in the middle of chaos that it's it's alarming to me in one way. It's like, wow, yeah. everything is doing what we're supposed to do in the middle of this disaster area. Right. Uh, so much so that I had one of the guys that I did the fishing thing with up at the refuge come and tell me yesterday, hey, I went back and I got a 12-inch brook trout at this place. And I'm thinking, all right, good for you. <laughs> they, 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 had a, they had to cut their way in. Yeah. To the spot that we, we brought the day that basically the storm hit, I was fishing for brook trout in this place. Yeah. And so for him to come back and tell me they went back there and got a brook trout, you know, that was that big, I thought, good for you. Yeah. He said, yeah, well, we had to cut our way in a little bit, but it's like, good. Good. <laughs> you know, back to normal to a certain degree. Right, right. And what's interesting is I have found through the years that if I get up every day, I take what comes my way. I love God, and I and I show, I intentionally say, you know, today, God, I need to show who you are through everything that goes on today. Yeah. If I do that, the crises of life become uh, more blessings in a really weird way. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, those things that could have destroyed us have made us stronger. Yeah. And we get to look forward. This is a fallen world. If if we think things are going to go through this life and we're going to have just easy because God loves us. It's not going to happen. Right. We can go through it because God loves us. Right. But it's not going to be easy. Right. And even, even if the circumstances were different, Dave, I think we would be responding the same. Absolutely. And and that's the thing is that at the end of the day, God is still faithful and that, and that's what the the key thing is here, you know, and obviously it would, there would have been different emotions involved. But I think, you know, we still would have been wanting to get back open so that people were able to hear about Jesus. Yeah. I think we need to talk about that in our next podcast because what I'd like to talk about is, let's say what something went bad. Right. In our eyes. Is God still good? Right. Because yeah. oftentimes I hear people say, God is so good because of this. Well, my first thought is, 
if that didn't happen, would that make him bad? Right. And I think that's a great question that we can explore. But unfortunately, we're out of time on this episode of Younger and Older. Um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to us before, head over to Relate365.com and you can download this podcast and others. Uh, like it, subscribe it, or even, you know, connect to it so you can get them on a regular basis. But uh, we thank you for joining us. This is Jason and Dave hanging out to you from the studios of Relate365.com here in White Lake, Wisconsin. We will see you here next time.